Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Rob has written dozens of books with titles like The Red Sea Rules, 100 Bible Verses Everyone Should Know by Heart, and Then Sings My Soul. His newest book, 100 Bible Verses That Made America, is a biblical tour through American history and releases in February of 2020, but can be pre-ordered now. Visit robertjmorgan.com for more details and for free downloads related to this resource or pre-order from your favorite online retailer. And now, here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. I have several passions in my teaching ministry. I always have. First and foremost, I want to hear and to teach God's voice in our scriptures. What does God have to say to us in the Bible? I'm also excited to study about his hand in our history, which is why I've developed several podcasts based on my book, 100 Bible Verses That Made America. I also want to promote his glory in our lives, practical teachings about how we can live and serve the God who made us and the Jesus Christ who saved us. But there's a fourth area, too, that means so much to me. I enjoy talking about his music in our hymns. I'm fighting for the preservation of the great hymns of the faith. The Bible says we should worship the Lord with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We need the freshest, newest, richest music to keep us culturally relevant and generationally significant, but we can't afford to leave the old hymns behind. If we do, we'll be the first generation since the Reformation to have discarded all of the praise, the music, and the worship that has preceded us. Apart from our Bibles, the heritage of our hymnody is the greatest treasure trove of theological and devotional materials that we have in existence. Well, since this is the New Year's season, I wanted to share with you the greatest New Year's hymn ever written, at least in my estimation. It's called, Another Year is Dawning. I tell the story behind this hymn in my book, Then Sings My Soul, but I want to give you a fuller version because it's written by a very unusual and wonderful woman named Frances Ridley Haverkel. Frances was born during the Christmas season of 1836 in a small village near Birmingham, England. Her home was infused with the atmosphere of revival. Her father, Reverend William Henry Havergal, was a disabled Anglican clergyman who loved the hymns and kept them alive. He was also a hymnist himself. He wrote over 100 songs of praise. Frances's mother, Jane, was a devoted student of the Bible. It's no wonder that Francis's two brothers later became clergymen and her three sisters became warm-hearted followers of Christ. At the age of four, Francis began reading and memorizing the Bible. She started writing poems at the age of seven. Here's a sample of one of her childhood poems. She said, Sunday is a pleasant day when we to church do go, for there we sing and read and pray and hear the sermon too. Soon she was picking up Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. She was a precocious and outgoing young lady. When Frances was 11 years old, a great sorrow came into her life, the death of her mother, Jane, who was only 54. On her deathbed, Jane Havergal looked at her daughter, Frances, and said, 
You are my youngest little girl, and I feel more anxious about you than about the rest. I do pray for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, and remember, nothing but the precious blood of Christ can make you clean. Four years later, Frances went up to her bedroom, knelt down, and committed her life wholeheartedly to Christ. She later said that she felt she had trusted Christ prior to this time for salvation, but she marked this occasion as the moment she made her commitment to Christ official and found assurance of her salvation. The next year, she accompanied her father to Germany, where he was seeking medical treatment. Frances enrolled in a school in Dusseldorf, where she discovered that she was the only student there. She later said, This was very bracing. I felt I must try to work worthy of my calling for Christ's sake. It was a sort of a nailing of my colors to the mast. As she moved through her teenage years, three aspects of her life began to emerge. First was her warm and sparkling personality. It drew her to everybody. Second was her incredible singing voice, and she became quite popular as a vocalist and as a soloist. Thirdly was her own personal devotion to daily Bible study. Well, during her 20s, she started writing hymns and teaching Bible classes. Soon she was also writing devotional books, and they are wonderful. In my own library, I have a small collection of Francis Ridley Havergal devotional books, and I treasure them. In the 1870s, Francis was in great demand as a devotional writer and as a Bible teacher and as a musician and hymnist. She was widely published both in Europe and in America. She became involved in a number of noted Christian ministries and organizations. Here's what she said about her writing of hymns. She said, It does seem wonderful that God should so use and bless my hymns, yet it really does seem as if the seal of his own blessing were set upon them, for so many testimonies have reached me. Writing, she said, is praying with me, for I never seem to write even a verse by myself and feel like a little child writing. You know, a child would just look up at every sentence and say, and what shall I say next? That is just what I do. I ask that every line he would give me, not merely thoughts and power, but also every word and even the very rhymes. Very often I have a most distinct and happy consciousness of direct answers. During her 30s, Frances Havergal was in such demand that her responsibilities began to wear her down. To one friend she wrote, What shall I do? Your letter will take two hours to answer, and I have not ten minutes. Fifteen to twenty letters to write every morning, proofs to correct, editors waiting for articles, poems, and music that I cannot touch, American publishers clamoring for poems or any manuscripts, Bible readings, and classes weekly, many anxious ones waiting for help, a mission week coming and other work after that, and my doctor says my physique is too weak to balance the nerves and brain and that I ought not to touch a pen. Well, Frances's health began to waver, and in her early 40s, she faced a serious set of illnesses. One day, as she walked to church with her sister, she stopped, turned to her, and said, Maria, I've come to the conclusion that it would be very nice to go to heaven. Not long afterward, Frances took to bed with what proved to be her final illness. When the doctors examined her, she asked them, 
What is the element of danger? They said, You are seriously ill and the inflammation is increasing. She replied, I thought so. But if I am going, it is too good to be true. A few days later she exclaimed, Splendid to be so near the gates of heaven. When a local pastor dropped by to visit, he said, You have talked and written a great deal about the king, and you will soon see him in his beauty. Is Jesus with you now? She said, Of course, it's splendid. I thought he would have left me here a little longer, but he is so good to take me now. Francis Ridley Havergal passed away on Tuesday, June 3, 1879, at the age of 42. I can't tell you how much Havergal's hymns have meant to me, four of them in particular. First is her great hymn, Like a River Glorious. I think it must be the greatest hymn about the all-surpassing personal peace that God gives to his children. The words say, Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace, over all victorious in its bright increase. Perfect, yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect, yet it groweth deeper all the way. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. The second verse says, Hidden in the hollow of his blessed hand, never folk can follow, never traitors stand. Not a surge of worry, not a shade of care, not a blast of hurry, touch the spirit there. And then the refrain again, stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. And the last verse, every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of love. We may trust him fully, all for us to do. Those who trust him wholly, find him wholly true. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. The imagery for this hymn comes from the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah has some wonderful verses about peace. He uses the word over 30 times. He's the one who calls Jesus Christ the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 48, verse 18, the Lord says that he wants to give us peace like a river. And in Isaiah 26, and verse 3, it says, You shall keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Those two verses were the ones that Frances Havergal combined together for her great hymn, Like a River Glorious. And then there's a third hymn that means a great deal to me. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. This was one of her favorite hymns herself, and I tell its story in my book, Then Sings My Soul. Another hymn is one that has shaped my view of ministry, and it's been a frequent prayer of mine for over 40 years. This is the way it happened. When I was starting my first pastorate in 1977, I acquired a cassette tape, which we used in our cars back then, and it was of two men who comprised a popular duet in their day, the classical and operatic singers Robert Hale and Dean Wilder. One of the songs on the album was the Francis Havergal hymn, Lord, Speak to Me. I'd known this hymn before, but I didn't very much like the melody of it. But... 
Hale and Wilder had a much better melody, and they used that melody along with her words on this cassette tape late at night, two or three times a week as I drove home from teaching a Bible class in another community. I would listen to this song over and over. It's a prayer, and it had a powerful effect upon me. I listened to it so often that soon I could sing it with them, and there in my car the duet became a trio. I can't tell you how many times I have prayed this prayer in the years since before preaching or teaching or sometimes before preparing my sermon at my desk. The words say, Lord, speak to me that I may speak in living echoes of thy tone. As thou hast sought, so let me seek thy erring children lost and lone. O oh, teach me, Lord, that I may teach the precious things thou dost impart, and wing my words, that they may reach the hidden depths of many a heart. How often I prayed that before preaching, and wing my words, that they may reach the hidden depths of many a heart. And the last verse is, to me, very poignant and profound. O oh, use me, Lord. Use even me just as thou wilt, and when and where, until thy blessed face I see, thy rest, thy joy, thy glory share. But now to her famous hymn for the New Year's. Frances Ridley Havergal loved New Year's Day, and she wrote several hymns over the decades as prayers for the New Year's. But I claim this is one of the best New Year's hymns ever written for all of my adult life. I have sung it privately during my devotions two times a year, first on New Year's Day, and then I found that I can also sing it, it's appropriate, on my birthday, which is in May. It so expresses the desire of my heart, especially the first and last verses. I wonder if you know it. I'd like to share the words with you. It says, Another year is dawning, dear Father, let it be in working or in waiting another year with thee. Another year of progress, another year of praise, another year of proving thy presence all the days. Another year of service, of witness for thy love, another year of training for holier work above. Another year is dawning. Dear Father, let it be on earth or else in heaven another year for thee. Well, that's my prayer for you and for me during this New Year's Day. Another year is dawning, dear Father, let it be in working or in waiting. Another year for thee. Let me encourage you not only to come to know the hymns of Francis Ridley Havergal, but it's a good idea to have, yes, an old-fashioned hymn book at your desk to use in your private devotions. I have one. I looked at it today and sang a verse of a hymn as part of my daily quiet time. In our homes and churches, let's sing the newest good music that's available. But don't lose the richness of the great hymns of people like Francis Ridley Havergal. Those hymns can be stabilizers for the soul. Thank you so much, and may God give you a blessed new year. I hope that in this new year you'll check out some of my books such as Then Sings My Soul and 100 Bible Verses That Made America. Until next time, the Lord bless you ever so richly.